Hey y'all and welcome to the Stepping Into She podcast. My name is Courtney, the founder and the creator of Stepping Into She. This podcast will feature real relatable women sharing their stories of becoming through their journeys of stepping into she. Topics will include health and wellness, faith, love, sexuality, career, and so much more. Don't forget to like these episodes, subscribe to the podcast, and share with your friends because everyone needs a little journey of stepping into she. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hey, y'all. You are about to check out this episode of Stepping Into She with money mindset coach Anna from the Instagram handle Taco Mama, T-A-K-A-M-O-M-M-A. In this conversation, we talk about all things where the money reside, okay? We talk about her journey to financial wellness, what it means to be a money mindset coach, and how you can align your values with your finances. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Agree, maybe preserving this space to just do a little bit of financial wellness and self-care knowing that the news will be there when we decide to watch it again later tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I think that is a great way to put it. The news will be there. So take this moment (laughs) for self-care for you um, and go back to the news later. (laughs) Yes. Um, So for everyone joining, thank you. Happy Wednesday. We are here for our first episode of the 2021 year for the Stepping Into She. Um, IGTV series and I have the pleasure of having Miss Anna on um, from Taco Mama, right? Taco Mama? Taco Mama, but yes, you're Taco very Mama. close. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I think I got it right. I was like, I'm gonna mess up. <laughs> and we are talking all things financial wellness because she's a money mindset coach and I'm super excited to learn more about her with everyone else. So please drop all of your question, questions in the chat um, and we'll try to get to them as we have time and um, we can jump right in to get to know Anna. So thank you for coming on and being my first guest. I feel like it's it's destiny that you are the first guest on, <laughs> especially because everyone starts a new year out wanting to know more about financial wellness. Um, and I think your story is amazing. So I love, um, I'm excited and I cannot wait to hear more about it. So tell us a little bit about who Anna is. Sure. Um, so hi everyone, my name is Anna Takahama. I use she, her pronouns. Anna. No, it's okay. I figured I would just say it here real quick. (laughs) Like in Frozen, that usually helps, right? So so I have um, been in the coaching space uh, since last year, um, but I was a former educator, so spent about 12 years in higher education, um, working with college students in leadership and self-development, and then pivoted over into the coaching space. But really, my origin story starts probably similarly to perhaps where some of you are right now. Um, So when I was 30, I was living paycheck to paycheck on a fixed income, uh, you know, making enough money for sure, but not saving anything. And I was in $67,000 worth of debt, both student loan and consumer, um, and just kept swiping my credit card right and left, right? And... (laughs) Yep, exactly. The devil (laughs) slash free money slash not, right? Like all the anxiousness and worries that come from credit cards. So um, just living that life where I was, I was just like, spending way more, way above my means. And I couldn't figure out how to stop doing that. Um, So at 30, I was like, you know, I thought at 30, I would know that, you know, I'm an adult, so I would have all the solutions around money figured out. But um reality is I didn't. So mm-hmm. I made a conscious decision when I was 30 and started making small changes to get to today, which I have paid down 75% of my debt. I have. Yes, congratulations. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I have one student loan left for $18,000 and that is my last remaining piece of debt. Um, and other than that, I fully funded my emergency fund. I've been investing regularly and I'm on this, like my own money mindset journey. Right. And when I, when I was thinking about moving on from higher education, um, I actually thought I would be in higher ed forever. You know, like when you're an educator, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do this forever. And this is my forever (laughs) job and my identity. Well, I feel like I grew out of that space and Mm. thinking about what I wanted to do next. I wanted to help women, women that look like me, women that didn't have the support and, um, 
and really the resources around financial literacy. And so I was like, let's just do this for people. Let's start bringing them together. And once again, right, money is something we don't talk about in many cultures. It's right. shameful. It's embarrassing. Um, we don't talk about it, but we need a lot of it. It's, it's really a bizarre concept. And so for me, the biggest piece was like, how do I create accessibility around financial literacy? Um, mm. and, and my own money mindset shift came from really living my life the way I wanted to, right? So I still traveled. I still mm -hmm. had my Starbucks and my Mary Lou's coffee because that's important yes. to me. <laughs> I still shopped when I wanted to, but I started making shifts because I aligned my money with my values. And so mm -hmm. no hacks involved, right? There is no five-step program to fixing your finances. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more about that later, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's so good. I think you kind of segued into my next question. Like, <laughs> tell us about your journey to becoming a money mindset coach. But you can kind of talk with, I, I think you started it, but we can go into it a little bit more. So tell us about that journey. Like, I know you talked about your journey in finances, but how did you decide to come and say, I'm going to do this? It was a few words from a stranger, actually. So mm -hmm. I had left my full-time job with no next job lined up, which I had done before about a year mm -hmm. prior. And, um, you know, I'm someone who went from job to job. I never had gaps in between. Um, you know, security and stability was very important to me. But I just felt like I could not continue to betray myself, right? Mm. Working within systems that didn't serve me as a woman of color, that didn't value me as a person, that didn't see my talents. And so I decided, no more of this. We're going to move on. And so, you know, I'm like floating along with no job and job searching <laughs> really hard and networking my butt off. And mm -hmm. I met this person when we were having this networking call and he just said to me, I feel like you already have all the skills to be a coach. What mm. are you waiting for? Yes. And I was like, I don't know. What am I waiting <laughs> for? <laughs> and <laughs> right, exactly. You're kind of like, wow, stranger. Thank you so much for that question. Right. Um, ironically, that person is also on his journey to becoming a certified coach too. So oh, wow. I'm not awesome. surprised that he said that to me. Um, mm -hmm. And so from there, <laughs> I decided, all right, let's try this. So I put a call out to my network through mm -hmm. Instagram and through LinkedIn and said, hey, I want to offer this free course. Uh, for group coaching around financial, what I called financial dialogues back then, um, who wants to join? And I had about 30 people respond and say, I want in. Wow. As we know, not everyone commits. So that 30 became 13. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but 13 women spent two months with me every other week for an hour and a half. And we talked about all these topics. Um, mm -hmm. so really I just started without even having a business. I was like, let me just see what happens. Um, and then from there, by the end of that program, I knew that I was going to mm -hmm. be a business, uh, like create a business for myself. So I hired a strategy coach who was somebody who happened to be in that cohort. Um, and we just got started. Hmm. That's awesome. So I meant to ask you, tell us what a money mindset coach is for those listening and not know, cause I don't really think I am. <laughs> <laughs> So money mindset. No, that's yes. a great question. Because I think like, words like finance coach or financial advisor are words that people are familiar with. But money mindset coach is specific about your beliefs around money, right? So mm -hmm. we all have beliefs around money, even if we don't realize what they are. And a lot of us inherit those beliefs from those that raised us. Um, and so it's really getting at the root of your relationship, your values, your belief with money. Um, and so I coach you through that to unlearn and relearn habits that are healthier for you. Ooh, I'm writing this down. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. I like how the component of it includes like your beliefs. Because I think so many times when you go to other financial advisors, they tell you how you're supposed to do money and this and that. And you don't, for some of us, like maybe for me, I'm talking for myself in particular, I don't really know those ways. The way I know and feel comfortable is probably not the healthiest way, but I like how you are able to connect with that and say, okay, this is how you look at money. Let's build your financial stability through your views of money. And I think that's so cool. 
<laughs> yeah. I think, no, so you're absolutely right. So my master's is actually in psychology. And so mm -hmm. that was what drew me in is like, where does this come from, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't just wake up one day as a 30 year old with no money habits. It must right. have happened somehow. And so I started Girl, doing a lot of reading, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it happened somehow. And so let's figure that out. And just like any sort of um, self care and um, self-development, I like learned about where that came from, right? So when mm -hmm. my parents, you know, I, I was actually pretty well off, like middle class through 11 or 12 years old. And then my dad ended up leaving our family and left us with a lot of debt as well. Um, and he had a gambling problem. So that was also tied into all of that. So it was for the best. Um, mm -hmm. But with that, we started really becoming more like lower class, even though we lived in a large house in a nice neighborhood. And I started hustling working when I was 11 years old. So oh from 11 <laughs> until now, I've had a job, right? I was a babysitter. Wow. Who even let me babysit their children at 11? I think that's crazy. Um, <laughs> and then I was... <laughs> Right, right. Like I let people get away with things. I mean, I remember the little boys chasing me around the bat because they were pretty much like half my size and it was very scary. Um, but then I remember going on to becoming a blueberry picker, right? Because I live in a rural area. And so there's a lot of blueberry farms. And uh, under the table, they were like, here, fill this whole carton with nine crates and you'll get $5 they definitely won out of that deal. But like, you know, mm -hmm. I found ways to bring money into my life, but I never kept it right because my family needed that money. So I would yeah. put it into the household budget and that would become food that would become electricity. And so, yes, I've always had money in my life since I was young, but I never held on to it. Mm, so now as an adult, <laughs> I struggle to hold on to it, right? Because I never yeah. really learned how. Um, and so those things are all tied together, even if we don't acknowledge that. Yes, yes, that's so that's that's I think that's a lot of people's story without really realizing it. You know, when you get a job really young and you kind of contribute, you just think that's something you're supposed to do. And similarly, I, I had the same experience. And I, when I came out of college, I was spending money and I was like, wait, where is my money going? I'm just like, I'm going like this. Right. Because <laughs> I can't get money. But <laughs> you're so right. You learn like how you learn how to manage money is really rooted in, you know, how you grew up and all of that and not even realizing um, how that connects to your financial wellness and what financial wellness is supposed to be. <laughs> right. right. Or like we've um, never really had the opportunity to learn about financial wellness, like in high school, right. Or even yeah, middle school. Right. And, right. and I think in other cultures, it is actually built in, but not for the U S um, right. And so I feel like, and then as women, right, we're told that like men should hold the money in our families, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then there's that other layer of um, gender right. and then also gender pig. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's so yes. layered. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. Um, and the other thing that you said that kind of um, stuck with me a little bit was that we don't talk about money. So no one really talks about the fact that you know, you were working and you were contributing and then how do you save money? How do you build, how do you build credit? How do you um, do all those things? So no one really talks to you about it. So you kind of learn those habits and then you learn as you get older. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you get to a point, like you said, when you hit 30, you were like, wait, what am I supposed to be doing? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's really, really important. So, um, so Someone came to you and was like, you should do it. You got on LinkedIn. You got your 13 women. You started that. Um, how does your how does your transparency um, about your story kind of connect with some of the women that you work with? So I think, you know, it's really hard to talk about money once again. Mm -hmm. And so especially with a bunch of strangers, right? I'm telling you to join this group program, be amongst <laughs> other women in a virtual space that perhaps right. you've never met before on a topic you never talk about out loud. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, I really try to role model vulnerability, right? So this is my story. Here are my debt numbers. I share actually my finances from the last six years. This oh, wow. is how much I made in that year. This is how much debt I had in that year this is a mistake I made that year, right? So working with a, um, like a debt consolidation company and like what that meant for me or um, pulling money from my retirement account because I felt like I was suffocating, right? All these different mm -hmm. things that I did, I share sort of my um, steps forward that I took and then the steps backwards that I also took. Um, and then that really creates a sense of um, 
I think just trust amongst yeah. the group and then women start to open up a little bit more about their experiences. And I think the biggest thing is um, we all want to be seen yeah. and valued and have mm-hmm. a sense of belonging. And I think those are the, the really the gifts that come with the group coaching program um, mm-hmm. is we get to talk about a really hard topic, but also you realize you were never alone in all of this, right? We all right. have student loan debt. We mm-hmm. all have credit card debt. We all don't have the savings that we pretend to have. Um, none of us budget right, right. <laughs> that's so true okay like I just gotta pause on that I didn't really start budgeting until this till I turned 30 and I really got like a really good budget but before then it was like oh I have a bill to pay how much is that bill oh it just comes out of my check and then at the end of the month you're like where did all my money go <laughs> right the method of like okay I'm gonna here's my paycheck it goes into my account mm-hmm. I pay my bills and then this is my money and right. I do whatever I want with it. Um, right. Trust me, that's how I've lived my life for the most part until two years ago. That's how I was mm-hmm. living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't talk about it once again. So nobody really knows right. that no one's budgeting. Um, and then when you find out about like different budgeting methods, right? People talk about zero-based budgeting, which is like every penny has a job, right? Is assigned to something. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like using apps like Mint. Well, it's all very frustrating, <laughs> and you know your checking account keeps disconnecting from the mint app that happened to me many times <laughs> and in the end it just like I was like I don't want to track anything yeah. I want to stop tracking so mm-hmm. um, I actually do sort of a no budget budget and percentage budgeting okay so a little tip there yes um, <laughs> yes throwing in some little nuggets here and there. Um, But I would say percentage budgeting is one of the easiest ways to manage the money that comes into your account. Um, And really the rule is 50% goes to fixed expenses. 30% goes to um, whatever you want, your wants. And then Mm -hmm. 20% goes to your savings. Mm -hmm. And that's with every paycheck, that's how you separate it out. Oh, Um, every paycheck. Okay. Okay. Every paycheck. Um, so it's really easy because you know, every month, every penny that's in this checking account, that's my wants account. So Mm -hmm. if you have a debit card tied to that, that's all you can spend for the month is like $400 Mm -hmm. right there. Everything else is either accounted for or in savings. So that's one method. So to touch on that really quickly, I would like Mm -hmm. we're off topic for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, for someone like, let's say someone is listening and saying, oh, the, but the percentage method is good and we're doing it every check. How do you, like a really, like a, a quick tip on how to do that. Let's say if your major expense, like rent is maybe 50% or more of your monthly income. Mm-hmm. So you, so the percentage 50, 30, 20 is really just a number that was put out there right now, of course, like you, right? Like I'm sure your rent in New York city is very expensive. Um, And it's perhaps 50% (laughs) of your paycheck. So maybe that person (laughs) becomes 70, right? So between all of those other expenses plus rent is 70%. And then maybe Mm -hmm. 20% is your wants, 10% is your savings. I might Mm -hmm. flip that if possible. Um, But because we're living in a pandemic and we're not spending a lot of money out there, um, perhaps you can live off of 10%. Um, And then knowing, like, no one's perfect. And so you might go outside those lines month to month, but that's okay. I think starting over the next month or the next Mm -hmm. week is is all you need to do. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I wrote that down. I was like, yeah, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Let me write that down for myself. (laughs) Um, So I know we talked a little bit about the um the fear of discussing money in our cultures and in our families for you how was you able to get to a point where you felt comfortable having those conversations um and what was that like for you to break out of that shell yes so i think the best part is um for anyone that knows me i I tend to be I don't really like hold back and so Mm -hmm. i am who i am and i am sort of unapologetically myself Uh, And that is also within the finance space. So um, once I realized that the secret sauce to life is just to like, talk about your mistakes, talk about your problems, because everyone's also going through those same things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, of course, yes, like anxiety, fear, shame, are real emotions. But 
um, there's nothing more empowering than just being honest with everyone. Right. Mm. And so as soon as I realized that I just started talking about it with friends, uh, my poor friends, probably in 2019, <laughs> 2020, hated being around me because I would be like, okay, are you ready to have a money conversation? And they're like, please, please leave me alone. Like, I came to hang out with you. I don't want to talk about money. Um, and so I would like corner my friends into having these combos with me. But um, you know, what's funny is I still struggle to have these conversations with my family. Because we are, you know, we're a Japanese family, we're very traditional. And so there are very strict sort of cultural undertones and expectations right. around what's appropriate, mm. especially with my mother. So, you know, for example, I was like, mom, how much money do you have tucked away in cash in this home, right? In our family mm -hmm. home. And she would be like, I don't know, like $10,000. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? $10,000? Like, why? <laughs> and and it's, it's normal, right? It's cultural for East Asian cultures to have money under the mattress, within drawers, because you don't trust financial institutions because right. they're going to screw you. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe we should invest some of that in the stock market so that we can build your wealth. And that was like, you know, I think I, I must've set the house on fire because she got really mad at me very quickly. Uh, and so <laughs> I just, just know that even as a money mindset coach, I'm still, you know, working through those conversations mm -hmm. with my family, with my friends, mm -hmm. it's a different story. I think um, there's a lot more understanding and just like, mm -hmm you know, mutual, um, you know, back and forth conversation, which is great. Right, right. That's good. That's I think I would say maybe I know, speaking for myself, I know financial conversations with family are hard, especially when you come from a family where you're they may feel like you make a lot of money. <laughs> so they're like, they always assume that you may have a lot of money or like, you spend your money frivolously or like something. Mm -hmm. So having those conversations, especially when you may be someone who makes um, a lot of money, because I think a lot of people aspire to make six figures and six figures could be a hundred thousand dollars. It could be $400, mm -hmm. right? So there's a difference, um, but just aspiring to do that. And then you still have, you know, a lot of bills and maybe a lot of debt and you don't really have the, the balance that you would like. So then being able to have those conversations with your mm -hmm. family, especially when um, the the money tips that you learn from your family may not be healthy. Right? <laughs> so then you have to figure out how to like have those conversations. You're like, just forget it. I don't even yeah. talk about it. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely, that's definitely. Well, it's a lot of assumptions, right? So I think your family assumes that you have a lot in your bank because mm -hmm. your te technically your paycheck, right? Your annual salary is high. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, I think there's just a lot of assumptions and judgment both ways. Mm -hmm. um, so what you think your family perceives of you versus what they actually perceive of you, those things are probably misaligned because there isn't a space to have that dialogue and conversation. And right. real truth, though, people who are making six figures, seven figures, whatever amount, like these $100,000 paychecks, I imagine most of them still can't save money. That's right. right? <laughs> or, or I know people who are in fixed incomes that are actually saving a lot of money because they mm. have that money mindset under control and they, it's, you know, they have that power. Um, so for me this past year, go sort of going from job to job. So I don't want to pretend that coaching is the only thing I do. I, okay. I hustle. And so I have three <laughs> other jobs on the side. Okay. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'm working six days a week. I don't recommend that to people because uh, <laughs> it's not good for self-care. But, you know, I work an office job as a temp in, an, um, in like a property at a property mm -hmm. management place. And then I also work at the flea market, which is actually my childhood job. I take oh, tickets I and I listen to podcasts yes. and I just hang out. Um, and then I also shop and deliver for ships because that's really like flexible and lets me do that whenever. Um, mm -hmm. And then I coach. So... I make more money month to month now than I did on a salary job. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. We found out this three job hustle is the way to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think once you have made a commitment to yourself and you're mm -hmm. 
that you're going to build your wealth and your generational wealth, money will find you. Ooh. I keep getting these offers for jobs, for opportunities uh, to work on project management gigs on the side. I swear I'm not even looking for them anymore. And they keep finding really? me, right? And I'm like, I'm so busy with coaching. Like, I want to give that time to my clients, right? right. Um, but I also know, like, all right, but if I had that extra 10K, I could invest that here. I could do this. Right. And so, you know, I try to make it work. But I do believe that once you decide that you are no longer going to give money power, negative power in your life, mm. and then you're going to reclaim it so that you either have a neutral or a positive relationship with money, Ooh, uh -huh. money will find you. Mm. It's not, I sound like I'm doing some like voodoo things, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you like, you know, do the sage over here and then light the candle and you blow it out. Like, no, literally money finds you when you decide that you're going to have more of it. Mm. I'm going to put that, I'm gonna be on my, um, my vision board. <laughs> money. <Yes. laughs> money reside. Okay. Let's money reside. Find the bag. <laughs> um, we do have a question in the chat. It says, how do you say, how do you save with little money coming in? Oh. So um, math is real. And mm. so if the numbers that are coming into your bank account minus your expenses equals a small amount, I think it's really hard to like rub pennies together to make more money, right? So either you have to find another source of income and that might be passive, mm. right? So you might be able to um, do a little bit of a, a part-time job on the side. Maybe once the pandemic ends, you're going to walk dogs locally through Rover, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And once you increase that, instead of putting that into your spending account, that goes into your savings account, right? Now, mm -hmm. you're probably like, Anna, that wasn't magic. I knew that. <laughs> if I got another job, I'd have more money. <laughs> got you. Got you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, if there's a way to pare down some of your expenses, so maybe you don't need Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus, right. maybe. Um, mm -hmm. So we pick one of those, and then we borrow our friends' logins for the others. And yes, now you just save so much. Here, she is the queen of <laughs> borrowing logins. Okay, <laughs> that is her hustle. Shout out to that woman. <laughs> she is the queen of that. <laughs> for sure. Um, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know so if that answered I, the question. Um. Well, let us know if you want more. Definitely, you can always definitely um, DM Anna. Anna, yes, I'm please sorry. do. DM Anna and ask her more questions. She's definitely, I love her honesty and vulnerability and transparency. She is amazing and she's hilarious. <laughs> this is what you get of me when you work with me as a coach, by the way. It's like See? the Anna show. My clients will tell you. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to talk about, because I know you mentioned it, um, is being a money mindset coach is taking your beliefs um, about how you look at money and applying it to your day-to-day, um, -day like your monthly finances. So talk a little bit about how you went through that process. Cause you said like, you like your Starbucks, you like your coffee, like that's something you're not giving up. So talk about how you went through that journey of saying, okay, I'm keeping these things, but still saving money um, to kind of share with some other women who, who are listening, who may, like, I like my coffee. That's, mm -hmm. That was my daily purchase, but <laughs> it can be scary for some people because you're like, oh, that's more money I could be saving, but you don't, you also don't want to give up on certain things that you like. So talk a little bit about that. Part yeah, of absolutely. Time. You know, I really get angry with these financial experts that keep being like, well, if you just don't have your avocado toast, you'll be <laughs> able to buy a house. And I'm like, bro, did you do the math on that? Because that does not add up. Okay, so right. stop lying. Um, <laughs> right. Going off of that mindset about, you know, those extras, right? Avocado toast, a latte, maybe it's an extra drink when you're out, whatever those things are. Maybe you're not doing it every single day, mm -hmm. but you're deciding, all right, so three times a week instead of five, I'm going to get a coffee out. But those mm -hmm. two other times I would have spent, what, five, six dollars, I'm going to take that $12 and put it into my savings account. Well, guess hmm. what? You just saved $48 that you wouldn't have wow. in your account. And then, right, compound interest works in your favor. So when hmm. you put money into a high-yield savings account, it will just multiply on its own and then create more wealth for you. 
Now, mm-hmm. most people say you should invest that in the stock market, blah, blah, blah. I am not a stock market ex- expert, so I don't want to talk about investing here necessarily. But for people who are um, a little bit more nervous about taking that risk and putting their money in the stock market, I think mm-hmm. putting it in like a high yield savings account will yield you still 40% more than putting it in just any old regular savings account. So just know mm-hmm. that if you have T-Mobile or Sprint, I am not an affiliate marketer for this, but um, <laughs> they actually have a checking account for T-Mobile that's 3% APY. Um, oh, wow. For the first 3,000. AT&T, they probably ain't got that. <laughs> no, you know, I think it's like a VIP situation, but, oh, okay. um, <laughs> but I've been using that and guess what I made? Um, I think I have like $4,000 in there. So 3,000 got 3% and then 1,000 got 1%. They gave me $11 last month. Wow. Okay. So every year I get $120 from T-Mobile. That's good. (laughs) Yes. That's really good. Um, So one one question I do want to ask is how were you able to, and this might be something that people feel um, a little uncomfortable about, and you touched on it a little bit, but how were you able to say, give yourself the grace to say, I'm going to get my coffee three days a week and that's going to be okay. Um, I'm no Marie Kondo, but I know many of us probably perhaps have watched her TV show or read Mm -hmm. her book where you like hold something and you're like, does this give me joy? And then you talk to it for a little bit and then you throw (laughs) it away. Um, and so I think knowing what's important to you, right? What it, what brings you joy? Mm -hmm. Does that Starbucks bring you joy or whatever coffee, you know, establishment you like to frequent? Um, does going to like a bar class or, you know, Zumba once a week, is that really important for you because your physical health is important? Um, maybe some people like to go uh, to the gun range once a month because that's their their way of letting go, right? Whatever it is, you have right. to make that list and then decide, okay, which ones am I going to give up? But which ones am I going to keep? Because they bring me the most joy. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you're going to use those as rewards as you're, you know, you have your money expenses together. Um, you're going to treat yourself with a coffee because, hey, I, I actually saved an extra $10 this week, $20 this week, $30 this week. So mm-hmm. I get a coffee now because I've done that thing. So I'm all about rewarding because I'm a child, mm-hmm. if you haven't <laughs> noticed. And and I like treats. So mm-hmm. if you can entice me with a reward at the end, which I do, and I'm like, okay, Anna, you can buy one piece of makeup if you follow through this whole month. Because I know for me, I love makeup. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really like just creating these little, like for me, I gamify everything. Um, Mm. Yeah, those are just little things that I do. That's good. That's good. Um, That's good. I was like writing that down and taking notes. I'm taking purpose of writing everything down. (laughs) Um, I do want to go back back, uh, just a little bit um, on one thing before we kind of talk about some of the myths and um, debunking all of those things kind of associated with it. When you talked about, oh man, did I just lose my thought? I think I just lost my thought. That's okay. <laughs> this is like real life people. Um, um, oh, so when you talked about taking your beliefs with money and kind of like shaping how you structure your finances around that, what was um, one belief that you had about money that you took with you as you kind of restructured the way you either did your budget or you, you did your finances? And, and that's in line with like being a money mindset coach. Mm. like a belief that I carried over that I already yes. had that yes. I continued. Yes. Okay. Great. Yes. Yes. That, um, but also um, keeping in line with like, like your beliefs and how you were able to kind of make it into a positive, if that makes sense. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a really good one here. So I think that <laughs> the first one that comes to mind, cause I have, too many to count probably is mm-hmm. because I grew up, you know, I think my mom can sort of be borderline a, a hoarder sometimes. She really mm-hmm. likes to keep everything because she thinks that there's another use for it, which probably is called sustainability if you want to be trendy. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of Tupperware in a house and things like mm-hmm. that. But I think that habit of like not throwing things away and finding other uses for them um, have served me well. Okay, Mm. just bear with me here. Because 
there are certain items, like for example, in my closet that I was like, oh, I'm not going to get rid of this because I really like it. And I've actually been able to repurpose things instead of buying a brand new outfit. Mm-hmm. I will go back into my closet and be like, oh, I didn't wear this for three years, but it feels like a brand new outfit, you know, for that reason. Um, right. Another one I think that might hit a little bit more closer to home is the idea that um, I'm not, I, I am unworthy of wealth, right? Because mm. my family had only so much money, right? Because right. being the daughter of immigrant parents, they, you know, were hustling hard, raising three kids, paycheck to paycheck, trying to make sure food's on the table, roof overhead, all that stuff. And right. so that belief I've inherited now is mm-hmm. you have to hustle really hard to make money. Yeah. And if you want more money, you need to hustle even harder. Yeah. Maybe that's true. If you want to work mm-hmm. for someone for the rest of your life. True. <laughs> but I think where I feel really lucky is that I realize I don't want to live that life. Right. right. Um, there's a point where I want to retire early. I want to really be able to enjoy some of my later years before I get into that retirement age. Um, mm-hmm. I want to live now. Yeah. I love traveling. Um, last fall I lived in Germany. Well, not last fall, two falls ago. I lived in Germany for four months, uh, working a study abroad program. And so really, I think being in other cultures, I realized that the U S sort of like grind and hustle mentality isn't the only one, right? Mm -hmm. There are many cultures that embrace rest, um, being present with your family and friends. Money isn't everything, (laughs) right? But yes, but you need money to live. So Having learned that as an adult and how important that was to me, that mindset of hustle and grind, I've decided Mm -hmm. to let go and become an entrepreneur because I think this is the way that I'm going to find that balance for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so unlearning that part to relearn what it means to be successful and happy and financially well might not be a fat bank account, but it means that I don't trade my time for just a little bit of money. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of people probably have that same sentiment. Like I am not worthy of um, wealth because I had to work for it so much, or maybe my family doesn't have a lot of money. So I don't have the luxury. I don't, I don't deserve to have my own money Mm -hmm. because of this or that. So I think that's a big a big, <laughs> a big one that people probably resonate with. That's probably hard for people to overcome. Yeah. yeah. I think you typically, so a lot of the psychology books around money that I'm reading say that most people um, subconsciously will not surpass their parents in their income. Ooh. And that's actually wow. about your loyalty to your family paradigm, right? So your family's belief around money, you're trying to stay loyal because they were, right, your foundation of comfort and support and love. And so you're betraying them by making more money than them. Wow. Okay. All right. Psychologist, psychology. I know. Coming in, coming in with tips. Yes. Yes. That's real. That, that hit someone today. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We're going to tag all these books in the the description too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I have all the books that Anna um, has read herself. So she's not just suggesting them um, because they sound good. She actually read them and applied them to her journey. So I would definitely put them in the chat. Um, But yeah, that's, that probably hit home for a lot of people. I think depending on your culture too, it's also Mm -hmm. probably frowned upon to make a lot of money and not either give back or have a certain Mm -hmm. type of job or go away to college and live away and not come home. So I think that probably resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Y'all yeah, gonna have to get with Anna and ask her about that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all start with that. I gotta gonna have to get with her and ask her about that because that's <laughs> Um. <laughs> so with that, what are some of the um, myths associated with achieving um, financial wealth or financial wellness that you have um, kind of experienced throughout your journey? Hmm. I think the biggest myth for me personally that I've been able to bust is I'm always going to be bad at handling my finances, right? Mm-hmm. I if, if I can serve as living proof for you that you can change this situation, please let me be your proof. Yes. Um, <laughs> please. 
because mm -hmm. I think everyone is deserving of financial confidence. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is deserving of peace of mind around money and not worrying or feeling anxious or scared or not being able to make rent. I think those are all mm -hmm. real things right now, especially during a pandemic. So I don't want to, you know, minimize the fact that we're going through, you know, an, an economic hardship and people are being affected directly about this. But I think in general, we, we deserve that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I get to bake that into my coaching is that I get to both be a cheerleader and a support to mm -hmm. my clients because it's hard to come back yeah. every day and make those decisions. Um, the other sort of myth, um, I'm not sure if it's myth, but, you know, we're out here and for some reason our white counterparts seem to have all these secrets that they've been holding Mm. I don't know if you feel that way, but a lot of my white friends, their parents mm -hmm. talk to them about finances growing up. And yes. so they know how to save and yes. they have like 50,000, 60,000, a hundred thousand dollars saved in the bank. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I just hit 10 K like recently. So that's good cool. though. Congratulations. Girl, I hit thank you. Thank okay? you. Trying to get, <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get there. <laughs> you're only a year away. So we're, yes, we're, you're yeah, very close, we Courtney. Speaking, we're just yes. gonna <laughs> manifest that money into your yes, account. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but when I look at all those people, I feel like there are these secrets, money secrets that like were never shared with us, right? Compound interest, um, paying yourself first. You know, mm. those are not words I didn't hear until maybe three years ago, uh, which right. means like whenever you get your paycheck, you actually just directly put your money into your savings automatically. So you never even think that that's part of your money that you should be having in your pocket or in right. your credit card or whatever. Um, and I think the biggest one, not necessarily myth, but like a tip I would say is like, once again, as soon as you figure out what's most important to you, and that doesn't necessarily need to be societal's societal expectations of what success looks like, right? So it doesn't need to be, mm -hmm the mortgage with the house and the white picket fence and the dog and like one of each right. child and all these different things. Um, I think that you decide what is important to you. Is that travel? Mm -hmm. Is that, do you want a fur baby? Cause you don't have a pet yet, but you want one. Um, right. Do you, you know, want to take a trip around the world for 10 months and like leave your life behind so you can find yourself. Um, yes, that's, what I do. that's what I wanted to do this year. <laughs> See, I feel yes. like a lot of people did and they didn't get to. Um, yes. <laughs> maybe you want to start your own business and you need some seed money for that, right? Whatever your dreams are, um, commit to them and then align your money to that, right? So they actually become your goals. And then let's break those down into smaller ones that you can actually achieve and you feel like you're getting to those big long-term goals. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Now, to piggyback on that, really quickly um for those who are listening and this might be and i might just ask anna to come back for a part two depending on how deep this next part goes because it might, <laughs> it might be or might not i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> for everyone listening who may be looking to shift their money mindset um on a single income how were you able to kind of do that what's like one tip that you can give based on your journey that you can say, you know, I'm doing it by myself. Like I live alone. I don't have a spouse. I don't have any kids. And I'm trying to save money on this one household income when everyone tells me you need to, to survive. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. Oh, so first of all, I don't want to pretend like it's not a lonely journey, right? Yeah. Because it can be. And mm -hmm. so I think finding the support systems that you need to get into the right headspace, right? Do you have someone else who's in a similar financial situation where you two can talk back and forth about decisions that you made, commitments that you're making? Can you have sort of like a workout accountability partner, but for finances, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's something really easy that you can do. Now you have to find the right person who's right. in a similar situation, but I think it's possible. I think the other piece of this is, I hate all the coaches out there that are saying you have to be married or with a partner to get financially well. I think that's yes. bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> Thank 
it's just not true okay Mm -hmm. Um, yes like it might be easier because they have each other to lean on for emotional support and um to live that frugal lifestyle but right for me I think it was so empowering to see my bank account grow for me to Mm -hmm. build my emergency fund to get that debt number down and and I celebrated every step of the way right like oh 10 percent not just the 50% and 100% because that's like twice. I want to mm-hmm. celebrate like the 10%, the 25, right? The 30% because yeah. those things matter. And when mm-hmm. I paid off my first student loan, just like, I think it was last year, it was a small one, maybe eight or $9,000. And it right. felt like the biggest deal to me. And girl, like instead of throwing myself a baby shower because I'm single with no <laughs> child, I threw myself like a paid off my student loan shower. Like I had a nice that's dinner fun. out with a friend. We had drinks. We did this. And then I was like, oh, maybe I spent a little bit too much. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Steps forward, steps back. It's fine. Um, But really, I think I celebrated. I think the other piece that we go back to this whole, like, the single mindset. Girl, I don't want to give you this advice because I I want you to have all the things in abundance. But I actually stopped dating. Okay. Okay. Um, You sound sound like a therapist now. Okay. Okay. But it's okay, uh, girl. Go there. Go there. Go there. <laughs> Go there. Okay. And and this is because I am a modern woman that when I date mm-hmm. people, I actually pay for half of everything. Right? Oh, okay. Okay. And so when you think about meals out, if you go to the movies, if you're going on a trip or a vacation together, all those different things, they cost money. Yeah. Yes. So not dating meant that I decided to date myself mm. and save my money. Yeah. That's not to say I still didn't date. I did some online dating here and there. And pandemic mm-hmm. dating is weird AF. So we don't even need to go there. But it's very strange. And you have to ask a lot of weird questions to the other person about like their comfort level and things. <laughs> um, whole nother episode. He's <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah, so I definitely stopped dating and I, I definitely saved money through that. Um, I also, when you once again, align your values and your finances, right? What's mm-hmm. important to you and you, you sort of cancel out all the noise, right? Cause like I did a lot of emotional spending where I'd be like, I'm sad. So I'm going to buy myself something. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> or I'm going to eat. Uh, And so I remembered, oh, I'm saving towards a trip to Bulgaria. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And so I remember that. And and then I would be like, all right, what am I actually feeling? Oh, I'm actually sad right now. Is do I really need this handbag or this new sweater to like look good? Or Mm -hmm. should I journal instead? Should I make a cup of tea and watch a TV show? Right? Like, I think I had a lot of inner dialogues about what I wanted Mm -hmm. in that moment, because Mm -hmm. I was almost like prescribing shopping as medicine. Mm -hmm. And when I stopped doing that, the extra $300 I spent on clothes every month just went into my checking account, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and sorry, into my savings account. And that like really helped, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I say this. And when I was doing a no spend November with two of my past clients, we were like trying to not spend any money, like, the mm-hmm. challenge was to save an extra $500 in the month of November, which we did. I still awesome. had a like slip up and I like spent, I think $300 on clothes one day. Cause I was just like so emotional and like unraveling. And so the truth is your girl's a money mindset coach, but she's also human. Right. Right. And so I'll take steps forward and then I'll return a few things knowing that crap, I shouldn't have done that. So I'm going to keep this one jacket. Everything else goes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's missing from the finance space yeah. is like realness. Everyone's like, yes. oh, I, um, I saved $80,000 in six months and I paid off all my debt. And I'm like, I'm sorry, how? did you get an inheritance? Like what happened there? <laughs> right. Like how? I can't even pay down a credit card debt that's like $1,000 and you paid off that much in six months? Like what is happening? <laughs> right. And they were actually like living with family and like, you know hat and they also I think they always work in tech that's also okay. the secret mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yes that's what the money is well I'm gonna be wherever the money resides this year but <laughs> last year it was probably the tech industry <laughs> seriously seriously yes yes but those are those are good points I think 
it's important to know that you will slip up and that you might, mm -hmm. you know, you might buy that $20 bottle of wine or you might buy the $200 bag or whatever. And like, it's okay. Like you got to give yourself grace to do that. Um, and I love how you're so transparent about your journey and saying like, I still slip up too. And that's okay. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. you're human. And I think it's important for people to resonate with you and about that because a lot of times when you see people who are doing financial coaching, sometimes they're here and you're like, I am like just barely scratching their surface. I can't mm -hmm. even, I can't even figure out what's happening up here. So I love that you are so relatable um, and you kind of connect with your clients in that way. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I Thanks. like that. <laughs> um, so another question is what maybe one or two things, what are some of the, um, difficulties associated with being transparent about um, achieving financial wellness? Mm. I think um, sometimes I, I find there are women that come forward and they're like confused about what I'm putting out there, right? So they're sort mm. of like, you've done it and that's great and all, but there's almost like this like sense of distrust in that dialogue back and forth usually through instagram dms right. uh, mm -hmm. where they're like okay cool <laughs> but they like had their guard up right mm -hmm. and i think when i go back to like but this was the age where i was you right yeah and this is where mm -hmm. i'm at now and that was only a short six years ago mm -hmm. um so it's definitely i feel like it's a big risk to put myself out there that way um, of yeah. course, like I don't put every single number out there. I'm sure employers will come after me for, for sharing all the secrets <laughs> of how much I made, but maybe they don't even care how much if I'm telling people, but um, it's definitely like within Japanese culture, shameful to talk about those types of things, right? Yeah. To be like, oh, this is how much debt I have. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is how much little I make. Um, right. This is what's going on in my life. Those are, are almost like counter- um, sort of my culture in that way. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. Japanese American, so I think I teeter both sides often. Um, yeah. But I definitely feel a, a ting of guilt sometimes with that transparency. Yeah. Um, and I think that that means that I'm trying to, my best to like honor both sides of my culture, mm -hmm. which I think is good, right? Like, yes. I'm doing a check in. Um, other things I think that I struggle with is some I don't want to so I'm sharing a lot about my my money but I'm also sharing mm -hmm. about my emotions right what it's like to be a new entrepreneur yes how lonely it can be in the online space sometimes if you don't have yeah. a community those types of things and there is a lot of imposter syndrome I think just mm. within being an entrepreneur like you don't mm -hmm. feel like you're enough of anything Right. to call in the right clients, to have the right people um, join you on this finance journey, those types of things. And um, there's a, a lot of noise with social media. Yeah. So you like watch all these other coaches who are killing it and I'm so happy for them. But there's uh, this element where like, I'm trying not to copy them. Mm -hmm. Because the way that I'm going to be the most successful coach is by honoring myself to be unapologetically myself to do it my way. And so how do you sort of like cancel out that noise and yeah. stay on your own path mm. and, and beat the imposter syndrome all in like one scoop? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. It it's is. A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, <clears throat> but that's good. I like, I think it's important to say those things and to be, to be transparent about that and say like, that's going to happen, you know, whether it's, entrepreneurship or just feeling like you are um, not in the right space in your career, wherever that may be, just understanding that that's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, you can yeah. still build your financial wellness as mm -hmm. you're going through, growing through that. Yes. Yeah. I'm still going through my money mindset shift all the time. You oh, know, it's like, I'm not like at the, yeah, I'm not <laughs> at the end yet. Right. Like I'm right. still moving and shaking through mm -hmm. that. So especially as I welcome more um, abundance of money into my life as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Feeling worthy of taking my clients' money, um, yeah. knowing that they're in, you know, financial hardship and that's why they're coming to me. Well, guess what? You get to transform your life in six weeks, in three months, in, mm. in a call, 
-hmm. And to me, that's like the most empowering thing I can do for you. Yeah. 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 Yes. 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 So as we're coming up on the end, and if you guys have any questions, please put them in the chat. Um, I found out there's this new question button, so I'm excited about that. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so for everyone listening, give one or two um, last minute tips on those looking to kind of start their financial journey. Um, outside of if you have any other questions, guys, you definitely can DM Anna and work with her. Mm -hmm. But one or two tips for women who are listening who may want to who are saying like, I want to start, where can I start? Okay, tip number one, a lot of people don't know how much is in their checking account, how much that they have, how much money they have saved. And so mm -hmm. like, pull out all the documents on your computer on your phone, you know, statements, and, and create one document, Excel document, you know, Word, notebook, whatever you're comfortable with, and put mm -hmm. all your numbers in one place. Because as mm. soon as you face them, you take, a, you take back some of that negative feelings around it, because you're like, oh, this is all that it was, right? And sometimes right. you might surprise yourself, you might actually owe less than you think, you might have more money in your account than you realize, right? Um, yeah, that's or true. not, and that's okay. We're, that's why we're <laughs> gonna do this work together, right? Right. <laughs> So that's tip number one, because I think for me, until I was 30, so 20, when I, if you met me at 29 and asked me, how much debt do you have? I would be like, um, like, and then like carry the three, um, I'm going to say like maybe 41,000, mm -hmm. but I right. would always guess. And that number would be always different. <laughs> I usually go on like the 300,000. I don't know. It's all the way <laughs> I'm You're like, like it's, just, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, it's I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like actually knowing the number will take back some of that power for you. Mm. Sorry, that was yeah. my phone. <laughs> no, that's uh, okay. Yes, knowing the number. So number two is knowing the number. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think being kind to yourself. Um, mm. It's there's a lot of people that are like, just like live frugally, eat ramen, and like, you'll be fine. And you'll save all the money in the world. But um, it's, just, it's just not true. And as millennials, right, a lot of us have the, a house in the shape of a student loan, right? Like, yes, girl, we didn't get to buy a house. <laughs> yes, you have two of them. But it's right, you know, it's with Navient and Mohila. Yeah. So like, um, I think just remembering that like our financial situation is very different from that of our parents. And so mm -hmm. their sort of like hacks and like finance tips aren't necessarily going to fit your lifestyle. Yes. My mother's always trying to give me finance tips and I'm like, girl, we are not in the same. <laughs> I don't think we're in the same boat right now. <laughs> Ma'am. No. <laughs> right. Like maybe 30 years ago when you were my age, we would have a conversation, but not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. So those are my my two tips for you. Yes, your parents' tips are not yours. I love that. Um, that is awesome. Let me just see. So, um, in line with the stepping into she IGTV mm -hmm. series, and we're talking about your journey. Tell us what um what stepping into she means to you. And then how have you stepped into she throughout your money mindset shift? Hmm. So I had the pleasure of watching some of your past episodes for stepping into she and really hearing um, the story of other women who are really becoming themselves and mm -hmm. unlearning and relearning who they're supposed to be. And I think stepping into she is really about just being yourself, whatever yeah. that means, right? Mm -hmm. And being unapologetically yourself. Um, and for me, that was leaving a nine to five that I thought I was going to do forever. Um, mm. So being in higher education, and I stopped betraying myself and decided it's time to choose myself. Yes, I love that. Which led to entrepreneurship, becoming a coach, and really honoring my all of the different talents and skills that I have that I've built up until this point in this job as a coach which mm. it's not even a job. I would say it's a, it's a calling. Yeah. I like that. I like that because I'm, yeah. well, I learned that your job can pay for 
all of that. <laughs> but mm -hmm. when you find your calling and something that you're passionate about, it's a different, it's a different feeling. So I love that you have found that yeah, <laughs> in your money you. mindset shift. I love that. And I've learned so much about what it means to have a money mindset because you always hear the term financial wellness and you're like, what mm -hmm. is that? But the more you've talked about money mindset, I'm like, oh, that's where I need to be. <laughs> that is where I need to be. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I love it. Yes. I love that. So tell everyone, and I'm going to put in the chat for everyone, all of the books that she has shared. So you guys can check them out. I will also post them in my story for you all and on my page. Um, but tell everyone how they can find you. Um, you have a couple of things coming up. So tell everyone about that as well. Yes. Thank you. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> so um, the books that uh, Courtney's going to share out um, are probably three of the first books that I read. And so I actually am recommending them in the order that I read them because I think it really paints a really good picture about diving into your own money mindset journey and sort of moving through the different books. Um, and the, the book specifically Broke Millennial by Aaron Lowry talks about tangible steps that you can take. So it's actually more like a workbook, which is really helpful. Um, in terms of my... Um, you know, my coaching, um, I am actually offering a free money mindset set session. Can't say oh. those words out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I almost said shit, but it's fine. Oh, I it's said okay. it out loud. <laughs> so there is a 45 minute session that I'm actually offering next week on Thursday from 830 to 930 for free. Um, and it's 530 for on um, the Pacific Coast. And then if you're on the Eastern time, it's five, uh, 830. Um, but if you want to sign up for that info on my page, so I will link it for all of you. Um, and that's just another offering where we get to do some activities together on money mindset. Uh, beyond that, I am actually building a debt reduction mini course that's going to be really Ooh. accessible and affordable, hopefully to my clients. Um, mm -hmm. So pricing it at $47 to get three different videos with activities to learn about how to get yourself out of debt and how to find that path. Beyond mm -hmm. that, I'm actually running my next group coaching program at the end of January, starting the 24th. So if you want to get in on that, that is specifically for millennial women who are looking to gain financial confidence and, and peace of mind around money. And that's groups of six to eight people um, that come together once a week for 75 minutes. And then we have activities in between. Nice, nice. Yeah. I love that. So I will definitely have all of that in my story and on my page. And I have the books, Your Money or Your Life, Broke Millennials, and then Tapping into Wealth. Yes. Yes. And then the YouTube is the financial diet. So I'm definitely going to purchase all of these books in order um, to read them. <laughs> so good. So good. Yes. Yes. I love that. So any last minute tips for our listeners? Any last minute words you want to give? Um, just how you're feeling? What's next for you in the, in the money mindset shift? Just last minute things for everyone listening. I think the biggest thing is like, I don't want to do any sort of growth or development without laughter and fun. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the coaching space has a lot of folks who are serious and they want you to have your money right. But um, to be able to talk about it in a space that feels safe and brave is really my goal and what I want to offer to my clients. Um, so hopefully you, you'll join me in that space. And um, I'm also launching a newsletter. So I'll be doing a lot of things in 2021. So just follow me on IG, right? Uh, yes. Um, right and you will find out about everything I'm doing. Um, yes. But Courtney, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us, telling us about a money mindset coach. I might ask you to do a part two because when you said um, single and saving money, the thing just lit up. So, <laughs> like, okay, jackpot. We might have to do that. Um, oh yes, and I can think of some on. really good stuff for that. So see, yeah, see, yes, yeah. you ladies, listen up, okay? I know y'all out there because I'm out there too. <laughs> we gonna talk about it. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and joining us. For all of you li listening right now, if you missed some of it, it will be posted on the IGTV series um, as well as on his page. So you can always check it out there. And then if you guys have any additional questions, you can definitely DM her, follow her, join her class. She has a free call next week. So don't miss that. Okay. That's important. Y'all, it's free. Okay. Free. 
Free ninety nine. Get on it and then join her group, okay? Because she is amazing. So thank you again. Um, thank you. And then I will post all of the resources that you have shared on my page, so everyone listening can go can go uh, tap into those resources. Awesome. Thanks, Courtney. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Stepping Into She podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And if you would like to check out the top five things I learned from this conversation and more, head over to my Instagram page, Stepping Into She, to check it out. You can also watch this interview under the IGTV icon on my Stepping Into She Instagram page. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. Also, feel free to DM me on Instagram for topics and conversations that you would like to hear under the Stepping Into She podcast. Thanks.